setups. Whether you love them or hate them, they're one of the most important elements in sim racing. However, so many of us don't have the time to painstakingly tweak every value to create a good setup. Never mind the hours of work required to find game-breaking exploits to make you even quicker. The Coach Dave Academy has created competitive iRacing setups developed by professional sim racers and engineers that are designed to enhance your performance in the most popular sim racing game in the world. Receive new setups for iRacing season car and track combinations every week, giving you the time and pace to be able to focus on racing on the track rather than being sat in pit lane. All of the setups follow real driver feedback and come with MoTeC data and replay files, helping you improve not just your car setups, but also your driving technique. The best part? When you sign up, the first week is free, which means you can test the setups for yourself before committing to a monthly membership. Check them out at coachdaveacademy.com forward slash iRacing. That's coachdaveacademy.com forward slash iRacing. This episode is brought to you by the racing fans at Great Hire HR. Whether you're hiring one employee or 100, Great Hire will let you keep doing what's important, running your business. For more information, visit greathirehr.com. That's greathirehr.com. You've just achieved your greatest accomplishment as a sim racer. Now what? Don't let it become just another stat you never see. Alien Awards is a service run by and for sim racers, creating clearly printed plaques on solid services, something you can display proudly to mark a major victory and show off your team and sponsors. Whether you're an individual driver looking to create a memory or a league owner looking to take your season to the next level, Alien Awards can help. These are quality awards I know because I've won one. There are no setup or design fees and shipping in the U.S. is free. Take your sim racing career to new heights. Visit alienawards.net. That's alienawards.net. Finally, this episode is also brought to you by Bad Weather Brewing Company. Located in St. Paul, Minnesota, Bad Weather Brewing Company serves up craft beers such as the Fog of War Hazy IPA or the Immortal Toast Infused White Stout. And some of the best designed cans you'll see, by the way. For the tap list and to grab your mug, visit badweatherbrewery.com. Proud sponsor of the Mad Sim Racing TC Sports Sprint Series in 2022. Into the Apex is back on the road in 2022. Beginning with the 60th running of the Rolex 24 Hours of Daytona, we'll be trackside for the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship, FIA World Endurance Championship, GT America, and NTT IndyCar Series. Visiting Sebring, Mid-Ohio, Watkins Glen, VIR, Road Atlanta, and the streets of Nashville. For the full schedule of events, visit IntoTheApex.com. The world of real and virtual auto sport meets. Mad Sim Racing Media presents the Into the Apex Podcast. And it's Into the Apex with a uh, short crew tonight. Rob Gregoire was here, and then there's a, a massive snowstorm in uh, the place where he lives, which continues to prove to be a very fantastical place. And uh, we lost him remotely here. But I'm joined on this Daytona virtual special episode by Patrick Stein and uh, Mr. Daytona himself, Bruce Perry, back in the house. Uh, Bruce, we had you here a year ago uh, kicking off Daytona, and it's a tradition uh, to have you back going into Daytona. Uh, So we're glad you're here because uh, for any new listeners not here from last year, Bruce is a veteran of the virtual Daytona 24 on iRacing, uh, but also somebody that spent a lot of time at the real 24 of Daytona uh, as a crew member back in uh, some years ago. Yeah, a few years back, yeah. Nineties, <laughs> early nineties. Right, but you know that you know the place, uh, you know the meaning of it and the value of it uh, in both the, the virtual and the real world, and uh, therefore, and you're you're fast as shit there. Therefore, you're Mister Daytona to me. Well, glad to hear it. <laughs> Thanks for having me back. Um, uh, so yeah. uh, Rob, Patrick, and I are just coming off the iRacing Roar before. That was a really cool event to add to the schedule. Uh, I, I'm all about hype. I'm all about just as a, as adults, grown men and women, uh, unabashedly being excited about events like this and things like this. Uh, this is something in, in sim racing that, uh, and, and this, by this, I mean 24-hour, round-the-clock team endurance racing. Something when we, when Bradley and I first got into sim racing, 
in 2004, uh, it was just unheard of. I mean, day-night transitions were something that would be special, much less team endurance racing, things like this. Uh, so it's really something special, and I really still don't take it for granted, having known, known those days. And I know there's uh, a chunk of the, the iRacing population that uh, of that age that will remember those days in the early days of sim racing, and there are some that this is all they've known. Uh, but that, to me, the hype is something that I'm always happy to get into. And, and for those of us here, uh, I don't know, Bruce, do you think it's a North American thing, the hype for Daytona? Do you think it's it's centered to those of us because most of us are in North America? Uh, or does the world value Daytona um, in the same way that we do? Because I know our group, I know those us here right now, we value this above all else over the year, throughout the year. Yeah, true. Um, I don't know. It is kind of a world event. I mean, you hear other people talk about it from other parts of the world. But, you know, Europe, they got Le Mans and stuff. So um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how they view Daytona. But you sure do get a lot of... You know, drivers from across the pond uh, mm-hmm. coming out for Daytona. So I don't know. It, it, it's definitely big here in North America. Obviously, it's huge. Yeah. Looking at the actual Daytona 24 entry list, which we'll actually do our special for the real Daytona 24 next weekend. Um, I mean, that's stacked of, of actual drivers to really suggest that, that it is valued. It's one of the major events. Um, but in the sim world, I, I feel like. One one marker, and we'll get into kind of the tactics uh, to kind of get ready for. For those that maybe are for, for their first time getting into this race, um, I mean, look at last year's kind of server overload. Let's let's talk about the Y two K, the rain delay of, of iRacing. <sighs> yeah, uh, the twenty nine hours. The twenty nine we hours. Already in Daytona, right? Yeah. Everybody was lined up. Uh, for for us, we had I don't know nine, ten teams, something like that. Uh, everybody's ready to go. Everybody's anxious and nervous on the edge. Of, you know, it's early for those of us in North America. Uh, we've put in months of practice, months of uh, of hype and preparation uh, at the time. And then uh, I think I believe that there that somebody called it. I mean, there was obviously it's not foreign that something might happen uh, with the technology that there might not be a technological issue, uh, but. Sure enough, it happened. It's like one of those. It's like if you want to be a negative person, this was your morning to be the negative person. It's like, all right, well, I knew it. I knew something wasn't going to go right. I mean, it was it was the perfect recipe to get irritable, right? Yeah, definitely. It was it was so much anxiety built up, and it was so frustrating when it crashed. Yeah, yeah. And it it was an issue for those that are perhaps new in the last year to iRacing. It was an issue where the split selector whatever it is on iRacing that figures out the splits uh and schedules the the races with the splits uh it overloaded and then not and basically nothing happened you couldn't load into your race it was just constantly it, loading loading it uh timed out right they, yeah. they put some sort of time limit on their system to figure out all the splits and my understanding was for whatever reason you know the the timeout was maybe 10 minutes or something. I don't know. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it just by that point in time, it hadn't figured out all the splits yet because there was like, what, 10,000 people signed up. Yeah, it was massive. And, yeah, it was huge. And um, uh, that's what crashed. It just timed out. So when it came back, I think what they say, they, they extended it to like 30 minutes or something. And ultimately, they're not going to give it a timeout, some sort of timeout. So hopefully that's where we're at this year. We Maybe this year we won't have any problems. I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> Maybe nice people smooth. this year were not going to go for the popular split like last or popular time slot like last year. I, I kind of, I mean, that makes sense. I do know there are some folks, uh, Ash, who was on last week, they're going to do the Friday night uh, split uh, or time, time session. Um, so I'm sure it's going to work for different people around the world. I still like the idea of a primary time. And I still, obviously, the Saturday early morning is going to be that. Uh, I like that. I mean, I want to dive in there. If if you're willing to do that, I want to get in there with the event. I want the event uh, rather than a, a lot of versions of the event. Uh, and I mean, the time splitting that iRacing does is a valuable thing uh, because it, it does involve, it, it brings a lot of people in from around the world, which is important. Um, but I do love the idea of that, of 
of that time. And it, obviously that was the time was, was early Saturday morning because it, it, it blew it out last year. Uh, and we're all sitting there and everybody's refreshing Twitter and the forums. And it's, uh, it's a big shared moment for everybody. I mean, it's, it's literally a, it's the virtual experience of a rain delay. I mean, that's what it was for all of us. Everybody's kind of joking and killing time. And are we going to go racing? Are we not? I mean, it, you can kind of look at it that way uh, and not get too irritated. Uh, but ultimately we went racing. What was it? It was around lunchtime or just before lunchtime. Yeah, Eastern time. five hour delay. Yeah. And $5, $5 iRacing credit later. And we got $5 iRacing credits from iRacing, which was nice. It was nice. So not enough buy, to buy a car. Right. We could buy another $14 <laughs> car track. So they still made money on that. It's a little consolation. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Who wins? Yeah. iRacing. A, a, little, always. a little minor consolation prize for everybody. Uh, but we got in there. We got racing. Um, it was better than uh, so our first uh, 24 hour race was Le Mans 2020. Uh, in that case, something happened with that event. And, uh, we ended up in a split, our group of guys in a split that was not determined by I rating for some reason. So we were in with Scott McLaughlin and some, I mean, we were in there with some big names that we didn't belong there with. So it was kind of, um, uh, what's, what am I looking for here? It was, it was off kilter skill wise. It wasn't per the formula. Uh, and that kind of, I mean, that was our first event. We finished like P24. We had a really rough time. You've heard the stories over, over the episodes here for that one. Uh, Rob and the pit limiter incident and so on. Um, so, so we've had at that point of, of Daytona last year, we had had problems in both 24 hour events that we'd entered. Uh, this, well, no, I take that back. The spa 24 didn't seem to be quite as popular, uh, nor the Nürburgring didn't seem to have the same issues. Uh, but Daytona seems to be the one that does. Uh, so, that, I mean, that tells me this is such a major event. Um, I feel like t- it's it's odd. I feel like, and maybe you guys will agree with me, I feel like time's flown. It's like I can't really believe it's upon us. We're a week out from this event. Yeah. Every- Last year, I felt like it crawled to us. This year, it feels like it's just it's here. Everyone kind of like says to me, like, when we – kind of start practicing like late november you know it's like well that's kind of early isn't it i'm like it'll be here before you know it <laughs> so true. yeah time to to get warmed up and uh here we are a week away right so everyone's waiting to see what the big problem's gonna be this year <laughs> yeah I, I was gonna ask you that bruce isn't historically there's been an issue almost every single year with the race on iRacing yeah, yeah. If if it wasn't uh, so, there was a problem last year. Years past, the the servers were overloaded. I think um, wasn't there like a what do you call it DDoS or something one year? So, someone attacked the. Oh Jesus! Like I yeah. was somewhere was, or something. I was during my hiatus. I don't remember. Yeah, that. maybe. I mean, you know, looking back though, I mean, like you say, like it's already here. Yeah, you know, this be your second one. Uh, I was just looking. I ran like our first one, 2014, I believe. That's like mm-hmm. the first 24 hours. So um, they've been doing it in a while. So yeah, pretty much every year it's it's been an issue. Wow. You know, but hopefully they'll have it all together this year and everything will be good. Just have yeah. positive thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're talking about actual rain existing in the sim. Uh, I would say uh, by next year's Daytona 24, do you think we'll have, you guys think we'll have possibility of rain? Is this basically, this is a, a weird way to look at it. How about this? Look at it this way. The last Daytona 24 where we don't have to worry about weather, as in rain, rain tires and sudden sudden rain. Do you think that's that's realistic to say? It's an interesting way to think about it. I mean, we know they're working on it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I mean, that would be like that final thing that they need to add to make this so that the immersion into the realism is going to be awesome once they get the rain. I think. I don't know. That could go bad too, right? <laughs> if you, <laughs> you it know. depends. Yeah, it really I mean, does. We, re- we really could by the next, this could be the last day 24 that we don't see that late overnight florida rain shower that causes a safety car it'd be interesting if they implemented safety cars 
I was just about to say that. That's right. uh, this is probably going to be a very unpopular opinion, but <laughs> I think that they should do folklore cautions. Well, now, but but, how do you think they should do it? That's they above my pay grade. That's they above my pay grade. On but you, if I were to guess, I get. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm I'm pretty fucking stupid, but um, <laughs> Patrick. <laughs> um, Rob's not even here to say that. Yeah, I know that's his job usually <laughs> to say that. But it it would have to be like there have to be some type of measurement for like how big the accident would be, like blocking the track or certain. I don't know. I don't know how any of that crap works, but I think there's a way that they could do that, and I think that would increase the immersion even more. Say, if there is rain at some point. Or even if there isn't, I I know where you're coming from with that. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out the backstory, kind of what your basis for that, because I know why you say that will be extra immersive. So we we race in the majors. We've had Mike Willett on before. Uh, we race in the majors team endurance championship. Um, that's a really popular, well organized um, racing series for road racing. Uh, four-hour races every month for a few months, and uh, they do full-course yellows, and the system that they use is um, based on the number of incidents overall in the race. So once they reach just a randomly drawn incident count, they throw a full-course yellow. There's no particular incident on the track that causes it. It's just that number. Uh, so it gets kind of random. Uh, but uh, it really does add, I mean, as somebody that's been in there, uh, Patrick and I and Rob and Bradley, it's kind of the team ITA. Uh, when we're in those races with the full course yellow, it really, do, you do feel more immersed in, in the racing because you get the full course yellow experience on the road course. And it's a novel experience for iRacing road racers because you don't see it in the official races. Exactly. Uh, so I agree with you, Patrick, and that I think it would be immersive if there was somehow a way to see it. Uh, where I was starting to kind of scout you down and disagree uh, in a way was uh, they sure can't add it in a way that's it's like oval where if someone if one person spins and they don't get it corrected right away they I mean they'd never go racing uh, so they would have to be no. different I, I don't yeah. know what the algorithm is right now for eye racing if you select full course yellows to be on uh, maybe if it's if somebody spins in front of the leader. Um, I don't know. Uh, maybe if it's if so many cars have an incident at one time, maybe that's the way to do it. If, say, a minimum of four cars or have have some kind of X at one point, then then it know then it says okay, something has happened big enough to where we're going to throw a full course yellow because you obviously they take so long on a road course you don't want to do it nonstop. So it's it's really is there is a fine line there, but it would be right. interesting in a twenty four hour race to have that. I mean, the rain strategy, the weather strategy, plus the, the FCY strategy. I mean, that's what we're all looking for in these races is that immersion. So, I mean, okay, I'm probably because I'm old school and just old, but I come from the era where they didn't have any full course, course, course I can call it, uh, <laughs> yellow. It's you okay, Rob? You okay? Yeah, it's the It's the... You know, they've run the 24-hour races and there's no yellows, you know, and teams would win by two or three laps. I mean, that's just how endurance racing used to be. And then it just seems like with the, you know, say Daytona and now IMSA, but when like Grand Am took over, which was NASCAR, they're the ones that pretty much implemented the FCYs and, you know, that that did change things. And then they talk about, like, how close the finishes are. Oh, my God, it's so competitive because the finishes are so close. But I'm like, but you're orchestrating that through all these, you know, yellows. It's like, I, I don't know. I don't like it. I like how in the sim world, we don't have yellows at the 24. You know, you go, right? You, they dropped the green. That's it. I, I, I kind of like that myself. But um, I, I guess it depends on what you're, you're looking for. You know, if you want, I guess that kind of gives you a full immersion feeling because that's just how the racing is now in real life. Full course yellows, you know, in, in these endurance races. Um, so I guess if that's what you're used to, yeah, it's it's it needs to be there. It needs to be part of it. I just, 
I'm going to stick on my side of the fence. I don't like them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like them. You know, I mean, it can work either way. I, I get it. Like you might want that yellow to come out because you made some sort of error. Now you're way back. And now that yellow catches you up to the leaders. Now you got another shot at it. Great. You know, that's cool. Um, I just, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm a purist. <laughs> so, so you want the old, so when I think old school, so what you want is you want no, no full course yellows and the sanctioning bodies like the old F1, the old, when I'm on YouTube watching old seventies F1 videos, uh, we're going to keep the race going. Stewards, Godspeed to you. Just run across <laughs> the track with a fire extinguisher. Hope you don't get hit. Well, you know, that, I saw, I mean, you look at seventies formula yeah. one on YouTube. Holy shit. It's terrifying. Yeah. But that's formula one. Some of that stuff was pretty crazy. I'll, yeah. I'll give you that, you know, um, Tom price or somebody, they, somebody ran it, uh, got stalled. And then a steward runs across the track with a fire extinguisher. They don't throw any kind of yellow and, and the steward gets hit full speed. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. Terrible. Listen, listen, it, terrible. it's happened over the years. It's happened at Daytona for like, you know, NASCAR week, speed weeks. Um, people have been hit while they're under yellow and guys come back out to track to catch up in the pack. Uh, wasn't somebody killed on the backstretch not too many years ago? Some sort of official? Well, I don't know, know that. I know uh, one problem on Tori. problem on Tori. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Off a, a bomb. I remember that. Yeah. I was watching uh, that. The the you know that was that was under yellow. So I don't know. I mean, I some of the recent years and talking real life now. Um, you know they've had the yellows for what rain, right? Weather stuff like that. Um, I guess I can understand that the tracks flooded. You know. Mm-hmm. Is where it is. It's a different age we live in, I guess. You know, I mean, haven't we I seen mean, the Daytona twenty four in real life uh under safety car overnight for fog, like heavy yeah. fog? I believe yeah. I remember that one year. Yeah. Um those kind of dramatic changes in weather, I mean, I think that's what we're gonna see next year and next year's twenty four as uh, a possibility with, with rain and things like that. Uh, I think it's gonna be interesting. I don't want to get too stuck on that. I kinda veered us off i think in some interesting conversation i don't want to get us too stuck on the rain because that is speculation uh, i want to pull back a little bit and and as we continue to talk about and height and build up to the race uh so so first thing for me to establish is number one the hype around this event um as i started saying is uh, i i love the hype i i feel the hype we felt it last year there was a certain buzz even after the event uh, for our group of people that ran it, I, I imagine that's an uh, experience that everybody has. Uh, but the whole month of January, that's what that's on iRacing. That's what everybody's doing. I mean, if you look at hosted racing, uh, hosted sessions, everybody's practicing. And that's amazing to see that people are taking it seriously. I mean, there sure are some people that may just have just pick it up at the last minute. But generally, people are are prepping for this at least a month out or more. Uh, and then iRacing adding the Roar events uh, that, that Patrick and I just finished doing. I finished P3, not to brag. Uh, good run in the Porsche. Uh, I mean, the, 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 more, the more that we run at this track, the more we drive it, the more we know the track. I mean, no matter what the car is, uh, you feel like you're settled in just like the actual Roar. You feel like you've moved into the Daytona Beach area and uh, you're part of the virtual festivities. Uh, I love that. Uh, so I, uh, Patrick, Rob, and I did the first Roar event uh, split of the weekend. Uh, Bruce, you, is the Roar on your schedule? Is the Roar something that it's a new type of thing to this to to the iRacing hype for this? Uh, do you add the Roar to one of your to your basically your month of January rotation at this point? Um, you know, this year, yeah, uh, we didn't have it last year maybe yeah i know it's it's years. new at least this year it's new to me well it, they've had it in the past okay um, but i think it was on hiatus for maybe at nice. least last year maybe two years now um that was so i've run it in the past and uh you're right it, it kind of like gets you in that mode you know it's it's daytona it's you know speed weeks for speed month right really if yeah. you run nascar and stuff like that but uh right now it's all about the 24 and um with the official sessions being at daytona on iRacing, you know it just adds to all of it so it, it's a great time of year i mean a lot of people are it's winter time so they're 
stuck indoors anyway so i think that adds to the popularity of it that uh you know some of the summer endurance races i think fall off as far as you know uh, attendance just because it's summer and a lot of people have other things to do um right now what are you gonna do unless you're out skiing or something <laughs> it's, yeah. it's all I mean, about that's, that, is, that is a good point uh it's it's timed perfectly as a big event um for most of us i mean hell rob's not here because he's in a blizzard and he just finished the roar so so there we go hi rob <laughs> poor rob i know poor rob he's uh he, he just lives in an interesting place. That's all I can say. One day I'll go. One day I'll visit. Yeah. Well, most people mention they live on an island. You don't think of snow. You think of like yeah. beach. Yeah. What the hell is he doing? Trees. Yeah. 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 Like Hawaii. Get, or get out right. Of He's doing it all wrong. So Rob, Rob will be here in a couple of weeks, and uh, Rob will, then we'll all be in Florida. So we'll see, maybe we can convince Rob to leave Canada. I doubt it though. But. Um, <laughs> So, uh, so Bruce, to me, you're Mister Daytona. I don't know if you accept that title or not, but to me, you're Mister Mister Mistle. Oh fuck! Boy, <laughs> what am I, I five? Don't, I, don't, I don't expect. Yeah. We're all Bruce. Uh, Bruce, you're not the only one uh, misspeaking tonight with a speech impediment. Uh, <laughs> you're Mister Daytona, Bruce. To me, okay. you always will be. That's fine. That's so good. let's talk tactics. Okay. Uh, if you're an amateur in this event, uh, and, and we, I mean, there are plenty of them. Everybody gets their first time at Daytona. Uh, or the first twenty four hour race. Yeah. What what tactics do you have going into this? Um, do you want a small team, a big team? Uh, do you want to uh, say it's your first time out there? Do you want to do the overnight your first time out there? Uh, I, yeah, I, I think if if you're new, you're doing this for the first time, um, you might want to run with a bunch of people. Because it is possibly a little bit intimidating to say, you know, oh, we only got three or four drivers, and I'm gonna have to do a lot of driving, and maybe that might make you a little nervous. I don't know. Um, I always said, yeah, it gives you more track time, more, you know, more time to settle in, and your nerves get calmed, and um, so maybe three is good for you. That's like my team. That's what we use three three drivers. Um, but, you know, if you're a rookie, yeah, you might want more. So you have a little less time um, racing. So the other thing is, the biggest thing is don't worry about your lap times. Just worry about being consistent and staying on track, not wrecking, not spending time in the pits. I mean, that's it. I mean, everyone's like, you know, yes, I, I've won Daytona a few times and had some podium finishes. And like, what's the secret? There's no secret. You just run your pace, and you know, for the first 16 hours, really, just just run your pace. Let things settle out and stay out of the pits. Don't wreck. Don't crash into people. Don't put yourself in a position to get wrecked. I know it sounds like how do you do that, but after a while, you learn. Um, and then the race starts maybe with eight or six hours to go. Then you can start racing. But, you know, as a rookie, like we, we have a few drivers who are doing it for the first time. You know, everyone's worried about their lap times. Don't be. Not in a 24-hour race. Don't worry about it. Just pace yourself. Um, none of the times that we won, we're the fastest car. So, you know, it's uh, just just take it easy and have fun. Relax. Have fun. <laughs> that That is the, the coaching voice that I've really was looking for tonight i oh, like okay. i like everything you just said because it was i could sit there and listen to you coach like that <laughs> non-stop i guess that's why mr daytona i don't know that's right <laughs> that's right i can coach for other tracks too there we go <laughs> mr watkins glenn because you're no, local local um no but i mean you remember because it wasn't too long ago, you did your first endurance race, right? Twenty-four hours, yeah. spot not, on, not right? Out of it, yeah. It's it's not that long ago, yeah. Right, right. And, and I remember you saying like how nervous you were and yeah. stuff, you know, apprehensive, it's, right? It's, it's it's something about these big events. It's it's amazing. But it felt it, I felt important to be there, mm -hmm. even though I didn't feel like. I mean, I was completely brand new to it. It, it in my mind, there was an importance behind just being there at the event uh i i don't really have a greater point than just that that's my point is that it just was it was it was exciting it was exciting as hell if you weren't there you feel like you're missing out on something right yeah 
Yeah. Uh-huh. And it, it is addicting because here we are still two years later. Uh, Patrick, I want to bring you into this because okay. you joined us. Uh, you started racing with us in ovals, uh, and we sucked you into the road endurance over the over these years. Uh, and I believe last year's Daytona 24 was your first 24-hour yep. race. It was. Uh, so what were your... As somebody going into that, what what was going through your mind that morning? So you raced with Bradley and I and Rob. Uh, no, what, what, I actually was on a different. Oh team. no, that's right. You're doing that this year. You're with us this year. On, I on went with you guys this year. Last yes. year, I was on a Lamborghini. Lamborghini. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm still focused on this year. Patrick has taken the promotion to the prototype this year, uh, but last year, <laughs> on camera, Patrick gives us a face of uncertainty. He's he's good to go. Trust me. I drove with Patrick in some prep races, and he he's solid. Uh, but yeah, you did you did do the GTD last year. But yeah. nevertheless, what what was going through your mind as you went into the uh, the event? Well, it was first the event, eventually even starting that part of it made my nerves and just every emotion I was going through just ten times worse. Because it's like, okay, I'm so ramped up. Like I even took off. The Friday before yeah, you took the race, work time off. I took work time off. I'm like, job. I got vacation time. I got to use, but I couldn't use it. So I took the Friday, and then I took Monday and Tuesday off after. And I was just like, I'm going to stay up the whole time. I'm going to do this, do this, and then we get what, what was that four or five hour delay? And it's just like, <sighs> yeah, everybody's kind of managing their energy, and that's what, if, if something like that happens again for this year's event, you're going to have to manage your energy. I mean, yeah, because you're, you're ready. You have in your mind, your schedule, you know, when it's your grow time, you know, other people depend on you. Hope this isn't making anybody nervous out there. I mean, obviously people depend on you, uh, but (laughs) you're kind of getting, you get yourself psyched up, but you need to be a little on your toes, but not so much in your own head that you make a mistake because that's the phenomenon that Bradley has spoken about uh, before on the show of uh, oh i just got in the lead and then suddenly he just you just piss all over yourself you just collapse <laughs> you're in the lead uh you have nowhere else to go but down and, and by god that's what you do something you, you goes mistakes, running down your you miss your line you miss your breaking points down you go yeah yeah um but i mean once the race actually started last year um you know, once I got my first stint or two in, it got better. Um, I had I had rookie mistakes. It was going to happen. Um, but it wasn't terrible. I mean, um, it was a good experience. And doing it at Daytona, somewhat of an easier track, I would say, for yeah, a rookie. You get some breathing time. Yeah, you get some breathing stakes. time. It's not like you're doing Nürburgring. Yeah. Oh, you got breathing right. time there. On that one long straight, yeah, one yeah. long straight, and then you got what 120 other corners. <laughs> I think I think there's breathing time between yeah, like turn 176 and 177. There, that I, uh, sounds right to me. I yeah, I don't. Know. Sounds, sounds right to me. Well, what are the names of those corners again? <laughs> I can't pronounce. Can we get those on a diagram, please. Uh, yeah, we. I do somewhere here. <laughs> yeah, I need a track map. I, anyway, do, yes. I put one please. up. Anyway, please. Uh, uh, but it was a good. It was a good race to probably start off as a rookie into it. Yeah, um, I agree. Lamar has some good resting areas too. Yeah, I do like that about the two. Um, Sebring is—I mean, Sebring. Well, I won't get into Sebring. That's I can I can talk all day about Sebring, but um, I there's at this point, and uh, I'm really just a fraction of, of Bruce's experience in endurance racing. But at this point. I kind of have um, kind of that experience kicks in, that knowledge of and, and experience kicks in when I get into the 24-hour races. And I kind of pick up on, uh, the only way I can describe it uh, as best I can, is uh, kind of a an endurance race flow uh, of anything that's four hours or more. Uh, the, the, the more length you have, the more you notice this flow of, uh, just as Bruce was talking about, when you look at tactics, the tactic is stay clean stay out of the garage because i noticed this flow that uh even if i mean we don't we were in, we're thrown into a split we don't know if we're the high end of the split we don't know if we're the bottom end of the split we don't know how fast we are 
compared to these folks because we haven't raced against these teams, many of them, uh, you know, ever before. So you're kind of feeling it out as you go. You're feeling it out in the qualifying. You're feeling it out at the beginning of the race. You don't know exactly where you, where, where you will stack up. Uh, and, and many times we will qualify. We'll qualify mediocre because we don't typically focus on a qualifying setup. It's kind of maybe stupid or, or weird, but it's just teams that I'm involved in, me, don't really focus on qualifying setups. I just usually will qual with the race setup if I qual. And uh, the flow that we get into is we get out there and we just kind of, like in, in even an official race, but but in the endurance race even more so, you just kind of get out there and you, you drive. Drive as fast as you can without pushing it above the limits. Uh, and you just see what happens. And people make mistakes. And you just hope it's not you. And the goal is to not be the one that does it because people make mistakes uh, or you're faster than them, one of the two. And you just notice that you kind of, here you get a spot here and there. At the beginning, you get the spots that you deserve on pace. But then... And you probably see this too, Bruce, over five hours, six hours, seven hours. You just start noticing if you're staying clean, you get a spot. You get a spot. Your, your teammate who's watching you all of a sudden cues up and says, okay, we're P10 now. Okay, we're P9 now. Uh, P8's in the pits. You just start to notice that. You get that flow. But then you have a problem yourself. You make a mistake yourself or some idiot out there because you're perfect. Uh, some idiot out there collects you. And you fall back. So you're in the pits. Okay, what's the damage? The damage is we got 15 minutes required repair. So you sit. You're just, oh, shit. You're just dejected. You sit. That's your flow there. You take a break. You, you try to figure out, is this worth doing? Is this going to just suck the rest of the way? Are we ever going to recover? Am I ever going to financially recover from this? <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. and That's then, so exotic. And then you, you guys talk each other as a team into it. And you get you decide, okay, we're going to keep going. This is a big event. We put all this time and prep into it. We're going to keep going. So you get you get back out there. You take back over, or somebody you do a driver swap, and you get back out there, and you're you're laps down. You're back down to P twenty five. But then all of a sudden, okay, we're P twenty four now. Okay, we're P twenty three now. You start climbing back up again. You eventually can hit knock on the door of a top 10 once again, and it's all coming back together and boom, you get to make another, or, you know, you could make another mistake. You do the whole cycle over again. You drop back down, you climb back up. As Bruce said, if you never drop back down, those are the guys that are up there competing. for. That's the cycle. That's my long, long story. Basically, if that's the cycle that I pick up on, you know, it's not groundbreaking observation, but it's just kind of what I see in any endurance race that we do. It really comes down to that is uh, you go through that cycle and the less you go through that falling down and trying to claw your way back up, the the more you have a chance at a podium at the end of the, at the 24 hours. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I love the guys like, you know, like a few hours ago, a lot of laps down and they're, you know, 48th place and they're still running. And like, that's cool Good for them. That's cool. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I hate it when, teams drop out of these races you know we have a limited number anyway what is it this year 50 right or 55 like session yeah. yeah 50 or 55 yeah so you know i hate it when when guys drop out i just yeah i want them all to be part of the event with us you know that's yeah, uh, it's all finished together yeah don't I give mean, up little cool. guy come on give you up. can do it on, yeah, you can do it. get back on the saddle. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so it's cool. I enjoy the hell out of it. So, um, but you're right. You know, Daytona is somewhat of an easier track, so that's a great place to start. Um, don't know if I would throw somebody into Nurburgring for the first race, but uh, that that's a skill. You know. That's a skill set. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's yeah, it's. Whew. You're not racing anybody there. You're racing the track, yeah. right? You're, you're yeah, racing I agree the with track. That. I, I 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's a little bit different uh, scenario. But um, Really? I mean, uh, not to get off Daytona, but once once you're done with Daytona, if you're really pumped up about this type of events, Bathurst 12 is with the GT3 cars is next. Yeah. And it comes February. pretty quickly. February. So do you throw somebody that's relatively new into Bathurst? I don't. I don't think so. That's it's easy well, it's, in part. It's, it's tough. Yeah, and it's only a twelve-hour race, right? Um, 
there are easy parts, but <laughs> let's face it, the difficult parts are, are pretty technical. Uh, yeah, it's pretty yeah. difficult, especially You'll die if, quickly. Yeah, one little mistake. Yeah, you're you're dead. You're gonna be that guy for your team, right? <laughs> Wreck the car. Yeah. Um, and no one wants to be that guy. So I, I, that's a tough one for a rookie to get into. Um, what's after that? Sebring. Sebring is to me a good rookie. Yeah. Yeah. It's I flat. So. Really, because it's, it's you know it's flat. It's 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 Got just a couple a, technical parts, but yeah, yeah otherwise it's right? it's uh, historical, but it's it's got a genericness to it to me uh, that it's one of the easier ones. I mean, I look at it as comparatively one of the easier special events that you could look at on the year. I mean, Spa is interesting, but you know, depending on your setup, you send somebody that's new through a Rouge that could be interesting, and so on. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the Suzuka. Suzuka can be tricky. Lamaz, you know, Lamaz not bad, depending on your level of downforce and the type of car you're driving. Lamaz not a bad place to, to cut your teeth. That's where I started. Uh, yeah, Rob I, and Bradley. Yeah, I think that's a good track so, to start. Yeah, you, I mean, you do have to start somewhere. You have to start. You know, Daytona I think is a really good one. Uh, I think. Uh, and Patrick, you maybe can comment on this. I mean. When you get in, I mean, practice and practice and practice, that's one thing. But you get into that race mode with that one expendable car, and uh, that's where it's it's go time. Uh, and at Daytona, you you have it so easy when you're going, th- you know, from the bus stop all the way through the trial. You have it so easy. You're just yep. flat out looking around. I'm a rock star. And then hand off the wheel, just chilling. Yep. Yeah. And then, and then you got that terror, you know, that dive into turn one at Daytona. One of the scariest turns, scariest corners, I think, of all, yeah. uh, of many. It's 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 notable. It's a top five scary corner to me. No matter how many times I go in there, you you kind of, especially you go in there side by side or with multi class traffic. Going into turn one at Daytona is a nerve wracking experience, uh, and then to do that as a rookie at this type of driving in the sim, I mean, I can only imagine because that's that's where a lot of the death happens is turn one. Yeah. Or the bus stop. Bus let's, stop break yeah. it, let's break it down a bit. Turn one Daytona. Yeah. De- terrifying death stop. I mean, what did you have any ex- any experiences with that, Patrick? Uh, year one. Um, I think I, I spun out once in turn one because I had an LMP coming up and I was watching in the mirror too much instead of looking ahead. Yeah. So. I was trying to get out of its way, which was also a mistake. I should have just ran my line and back end kicked out. And, you know, I didn't get damaged. So it was, you know, one of those learning experiences. Um, I think that the one that I learned or that was the toughest was the bus stop for me. That is another one. That's never the same for me. Uh, Bruce, I want to, bend your ear on this because yeah the bus stop's always tricky for me i mean no matter how many times i practice that's probably where i need the most practice um do you have any tips for the bus stop uh, that you would give to the public and me but thing basically when i say public i mean if it's that good then don't don't say it bruce tell it to just the team yeah but if it's yeah just bro- broadly Let's mute everybody right gems. now. Don't get yeah, out of the gems. <laughs> <laughs> Bus stop's not too bad. I mean, it depends on what car you're in. You know, um, because if you're a GT and you got LMPs trying to make a move going into the bus stop, it can be very hairy. Um, but I tell people, and especially rookies, if you feel like there's going to be an uncomfortable situation getting into the bus stop, just go straight. Just go through the bus stop, yeah, you know. Just, just a, avoid. We've all been there. I, you know, I've I've been there with faster LMPs coming up on me, and like, really, this guy's really gonna make this stick. I'm not gonna chance it. I'm just gonna go straight and then watch him wreck. Because <laughs> it's something yeah. about when when you don't break with them and you just go straight through the bus stop, cut it. You know, um, they get all messed up. <laughs> they they miss yeah. breaking points. <laughs> That's a good <laughs> like, point. There that you go. Point. See ya. All Try it again. Sports. Yep. Um, they changed it a little bit on iRacing, uh, but you know, you got the markers there getting into the bus stop. You just got to maybe start with uh, that light post, that yellow light for braking, and then just see 
just do nice hard braking and just see where you end up and figure out if you can go deeper or maybe you got to back up the turn a little bit you know in practice sessions obviously you should know by the time you get to the race where you uh where your breaking points going to be but uh you know the, the, the key there is to keep a lot of speed going through there keep that momentum going through there so you can get out of the bus stop quick and carry that momentum down a straightaway because that straightaway is important to carry all that speed so they got that uh sausage curve there now yeah, um, i was gonna i was gonna toss that in there as i racing yeah. uh, as all you know it's pretty pretty normal for us to get some kind of game changer shortly before so oh, despite that practice in late november uh, we got the new new laser scan which is nice uh, i understand that it's kind of taxing on some people's graphics and the pc side of things and uh, you get those fat fence posts that you needed apparently we, we needed uh, but we also got a little bit of that extra curve it's really just that one right side exit curb we didn't get all the ones that i think that they're going to apparently include in the real 24 that's something that uh the real drivers are not fans of but well yeah it's definitely i found after doing the roar patrick maybe you can comment on that after after tonight is uh that forces you to take care with every aspect of the bus stop now because you can't be sloppy because besides getting a 1x and a cut-through penalty, a time penalty, which is painful enough. My God, I mean, it, it hurts your soul to have to slow down. You, you just feel personally attacked. But uh, now, now, that uh, that curb there on the exit, if you cut it a little tight to the right, uh, will kill you. Literally. Did you Literally. see any issues in your... I didn't see in my roar. I think people were really calm with that. Um, did you see any in your roar race, Patrick? You were in GT4 as well. Yeah, I was in a uh, uh, full GT4 split, but um, I didn't see any major issues with the curb. The only issues I saw was on the uh, on the on the curb on the left hand side. Actually, people cutting that aggressively too much to the left. You think because I, they're trying to avoid that curb on the right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you cut, and it's then like they would spin or- out coming off of there. I see. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Uh, I tended to try to to not get too close into the right on that bus stop because I would typically try to to cut it too tight, and I would typically get my slowdowns on that right side where that curb is now because I try to kind of arc it in, to an advantage sometimes. Uh, but now it's kind of the other way. It's uh, I, I haven't gotten killed by the curb yet, but I, I honestly I've not run as much practice in the prototype that we're going to drive, Patrick. Um, the, the prototype is what scares me with that curb, the prototypes and whatever split that you're going to be in, in the, in the 24, uh, I think the prototype drivers, the most scared, but obviously that, that curb will, will screw up any car, uh, if you don't have control or if you're just to get an unlucky hit, uh, and, it, and it'll toss you engine first into that, that outside wall. And that is the worst case scenario because that's, that's some garage time. And that is in the flow of the endurance that is going to take you down to that P 35 and uh, hoping for the best kind of scenario. Yeah. And you can also uh, net code off of it too. I've noticed. I know they, they did a little fix. I racing did a little fix on something. Yeah. That's just the other thing I worry about is that it could still be there. Maybe possibly you never know. It's, you know the aesthetic of the update of the laser of the new scan, great, but that curve really did uh, screw up everybody's world a little bit. It fucked uh, it up, man. It it's fucked it it's up. fair that it's there. It's fair. I mean, we're all in it together, but uh, that it's a little bit of a wild card, just a little bit uh, in all this. So it's well, be interesting just, to see. I just hate how they. So what did they do to scan? 2021 i'm not sure of those details i'm not I, sure exactly when that was done i mean it's i think it was year. 2021 yeah, I mean, yeah sometime early. in the last year so yeah really the week week before the 24 you got to do this <laughs> that's as yeah. soon as that's when we get it a couple weeks before why and, and also in addition to that curb like the fencing so like when you're on that back stretch right before you go into the bus stop and you're looking for that light post yeah it's it's a little harder now it is at least for me, and it's and oh, it, it kind of 
I'm like backing up my breaking point now because of it. Um, I mean, I noticed it in the, um, the roar race earlier, but I did that just to be careful. Cause I'm like, I can't tell as well. It, it yeah. gives you a little bit of an advantage in backing up your breaking point. If you can get through it carefully, you, I mean, maybe somebody can optimize it every time, but, uh, that was my strategy in the roar and I finished P3, not, not to brag. Uh, but, <laughs> but my strategy, yeah. my strategy was take care through the bus stop at all times. Slow entry, nice, stable entry every time. Uh, I didn't, even if I was chasing somebody down and I was getting that rabid race mode that sometimes I get into and I make mistakes, um, I get that tunnel vision. I get that, you know, I see, a, I see an overtake and I, I get just, ah, overtake. Uh, that's how, that's what it sounds like guys. Um, but <laughs> even the, you know my policy for the roar in the in the GT4 was even if I get in that mode through the bus stop no go through the bus stop we take care every time and uh, we don't get we don't hop that curve because I you know without fail if I try to late break or or try to do some cool shit in the bus stop without fail I it, it backfires it just doesn't work so, so there's nothing impressive ha- impressive happening for me in the bus stop <laughs> the last night. You and I did those hosted sessions, right? And uh, the first race, I didn't do anything fancy. You know, just drove around. I think I won by like 20-something seconds or whatever. But <laughs> the second one, I was trying some, being a little more aggressive in the setup and stuff and trying some things because I just want to see what my limits were for the roar, you know? And uh, I learned real quick. I, th- I wrecked it in a bus stop. You know, the, the <laughs> same thing. I was just like, all right, I think going a little deeper and going a little more. Yeah, I wrecked it. Yeah. So, you know, but yeah, it, it's tougher now to see the, the break points because um, usually it is that yellow, that, that light there. Um, you know, and, and if you want to try to keep that forward vision, you know, you're supposed to be looking, you know, where you want to point the car. And I'm finding right now it's a little harder to do that because I'm I'm looking out the right side, like, all right, where where's where's my mark? Where's my mark? I just can't see it as easily. So that's gonna take a little bit to get used to. Yeah, it's I, I found that the late break the late breaking always feels for a few seconds it feels like okay, I'm so much better than this guy ahead. But then you have so much damage control. You sacrifice every other bit of cornering that it's just not. I mean, I've I've at times been lucky to pull it off, or the person ahead just makes a mistake equally. Yeah, but uh, well, the bus stop's I've all said, about I've, fast I've, out. Yeah, I've I've said forget that through the bus stop, and I'll, I'll do the same for the twenty four and the prototype. Is the bus stop needs to be consistent. Uh, I even turn one. I mean, those are those are kind of the places. I mean. What other notable points, Bruce? I mean, would you comment on like the strategy of driving through other parts of the infield? Because as big as Daytona is, when it comes to coaching somebody or kind of considering, you know, watching tape, replay of good laps, studying lines and, and whatnot, um, I mean, there's only so many turns and spots to do it. As big as the track is, a lot of it is the NASCAR portion, which is pretty cut and dry. Uh, I struggle. So I, a place I struggle, bus stop, I will be inconsistent. Uh, another place that I struggle is uh, coming out of the infield and back on out of NASCAR 2. I struggle with that sometimes. Uh, any tips on that that you would give folks? Yeah, I, I struggle with it too. Um, <laughs> so no, honestly, tips, no tips happen here. Honestly, well, I mean, I've listened to other people faster me what 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 they talk about and how they you know they, they, they apex that turn and open it up at the end to, to um you know carry the car out to the curbing on the right side um and carry well it depends on what car it's more about gts i guess um uh carry the car out wide to, 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 to gain speed you know they're lengthening the track almost and then cutting down the cutting down the turn the nascar turn because it's down the banking so you pick up a little speed coming down the hill so to speak um but yeah it's all about throttle control there because that's in the lmp2 
it's it's difficult i find trying to lay the power down you gotta be so precise because you give it a little too much and you just do that stupid lazy spin it's it's awful it's embarrassing almost but it but it happens it is a very slow spin it is you know that traction control kicks in and just ball right around you go and hopefully no one else is there but uh again that's another one of those turns that it's very important to to get your exit right because you're carrying that speed all the way down the backstretch. So if you mess it up, you, you could lose a lot of time. And that's one I um, I watched a, a bunch of the coaching that Daniel Murat has done on Twitch lately. Oh, and okay. I've kind of backed up my breaking point on that one. I was breaking too late there. I did learn that from, from his public coaching uh, streams that I was breaking so late there thinking I was being smart and the best strategy there was to back up the breaking point so i kind of break i break right at the beginning of the escape road mm-hmm. uh, there yeah. now and i've yeah. really felt good doing that tonight in the pgt4 and the and uh the roar and i've, I've kind of done that something modified to that with the prototype and uh i feel i feel comfortable with that so i feel a like lot, a lot of, yeah a lot of road racing is just that slow in fast out Back yeah. up your turns. That's and, a hard concept, though. That's a sure hard concept. You just want to go. You want to break deep. You want to go it, going it, hard. It does take a certain level of maturity, <laughs> doesn't it? Self control, yeah. right? Yeah, because like when you get into that animal, like I'm catching this guy ahead of me. Yeah. You know, and you just start going, and all of a sudden, all that stuff goes out the window. Yeah, you, you just get you get possessed when you're in when you're in chase. Uh, as you tell me, Bruce, as as my kind of coach, is uh, the carrot and the stick. Uh, you you yeah. rightfully sum me up. You sum up my road racing <laughs> in that I need a carrot and a stick because if sometimes if I don't get a carrot and a stick, I get bored. I start to get inconsistent, and I recognize that in myself. Is uh, but but I am never faster as when I have a carrot and a stick. I mean that is true for me. Probably I mean that's probably not unique to me, but that is no. absolutely true for me. I recognize it. I, I think uh, we all step it up when, when we got something that we're chasing. Yeah, whatever it is, if it's I can I can imitate somebody's line and, imp- and make improvements, but as soon as I overtake them, I struggle to hold a consistent routine. They, myself. they usually At catch right track. back up to you, right? <laughs> yeah, some tracks are better than others for me. Yeah. Uh, there are some tracks where I I notice, okay, I'm I'm catching this person. I get almost cocky, like. Okay, I'm faster than you. I mean, I like to play with my food before I eat it, uh, and, and just kind of mess around there. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as you get by, you're humbled. You're brought back to reality because they can overtake you immediately. So, you so run off track. What you what you got to do? You just got to look for that next carrot. Once you get by that one, it's true. What's your next <laughs> carrot? You know, I mean, that is the coolest thing about these endurance races. I think there's always that carrot. Always, whether you're running fiftieth or even first, maybe you're trying to lap, you know, second place or something. You know, yeah, you just got to find what your carrot's going to be and just go after it. So it, it's another part of the cycle uh, that I notice of the endurance races is you start to you kind of recalibrate your outlook on the leaderboard. So you start to say, say you're twelve hours in and you're so many laps down or you've been in the garage and you start to say you, you factor in the trouble factor, the, the garage factor that's out there for everybody. Because after you run so many, you start to see that, okay, somebody that's one lap ahead of me, if I'm in a group of cars that are all five laps down, say I'm 15th and P not up to P nine is, is within one lap down. You start to say, okay, so our top 10 is attainable mm-hmm. because you start to learn that, Anybody within a lap down, anybody in that grouping can have trouble and go to the garage. And it, it tends to happen to some, to some of them, if not all of them. Uh, and anybody in that, in that grouping can have trouble. So therefore, top 10's in range. Therefore, that's what I'm competing for. So, so even though you, you look at the leaderboard and you might say, if you're somebody that's run only sprint races, you might say, okay, well, this is over. Why are we even out here bothering? Uh, but if you've run a lot of endurance races... You'll say, okay, we've got six hours left, and uh, we're within a lap of a top ten. We're we're in this thing. We're in, we're in this for something, and that's the mind. That's the endurance mindset because that's something I picked up. Uh, if I've only run run sprint races, I say, okay, we're it's done. 
So it, it's interesting the perspective you get when you run a lot of endurance races. Um, the sense of time, the sense of what could happen over time. Um, it, don't give up too soon, I guess, is my point. No, like I say, it, 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 on these 24-hour races, it, it, you don't really start racing until, you know, morning. <laughs> yeah. Right? And follow more. Then you maybe start racing and maybe you start saying, okay, you know, here's where we're at. We made it through the night, you know, um, race on. You know, it's, do you, then you got to decide, you know, you got to put your fastest guy in, when you got to put him in, um, you know, make up time, or do you need to maybe gain some time, you know, gap the cars behind you or something, you know? It, it, yeah. I mean, I've always felt it's a matter of survival for the first two thirds of the race. That's, that's really all it is. And then, um, and, and it's the same thing, I guess, goes for the 12 hour races, right? You know, it's, um, just got to survive and then let things play out. And, and you're right. It's, it's fascinating how you're going along and sometimes in the middle of the night, you know, there's no one around, it's quiet, you're running laps and, you know, you kind of keep an eye on your position. And the next thing you know, you're like, Oh wow! I just gained like three spots that stint. What happened? You know, it's like they just start coming. As long as you keep everything, you know, the wheels underneath you, um, it just starts happening. It's it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, if if you're new to, I mean, it's it's you have to completely recalibrate the sprint race mentality. The official session doesn't matter if it's even the maximum an hour. Uh, you have to completely recalibrate the time frames that you that you would expect. Uh, so much happens. Uh, you you can't give up. I mean, even to the last bit. Um, it, it's fascinating in that way. It's, it, it keeps us coming back because you're always watching who's behind, what's the gap, who's ahead, what's the gap. Uh, there's all there are so many scenarios. Uh, it's you know it's, it's as good of a team sport as we could see, uh, and the, the team aspect is is one, or one of the greatest things about it. Uh, the global aspect is another great thing about it. Uh, the diversity of the entry list, the diversity of your possible teammates, uh, it, it it all sucks you in, and, and it you feel a closeness. I mean, especially if you're new to it, you feel a closeness to that first team that you have, and uh, it's 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 great. I mean, it really is such a great team event. I, I enjoy listening to like the the guys who run it for the first time. You know, like to get their experience out of it and just the whole wow factor of it. Like that was awesome. I got to do this again. You know, it, it just, I enjoy listening to that and you know what people think, you know, uh, about it after their first run. Um, it is awesome. You know, it's, it's so many different people, so many different uh, parts of the world, all in your split. Potentially it's, it's, it's pretty cool stuff. You know, I, I live for this stuff. I mean, yeah, I know you call me Mr. Daytona, but I'm just love endurance racing. Just it's so cool, you know, just so many aspects of it. And if iRacing does finally, I shouldn't say it that way, when they finally come out with rain, because I know they've talked about it, it that's going to be just another whole aspect of it, especially if they can have changing weather. You know, you're going to need to have a fifth monitor now and watch the weather forecast and see what's going to happen. You know, when's that it going to rain? Great to me though. I, me too. I'm like, I'm fascinated by that. Like you want to have your driver line up, you know, very fluid. So you can just say, all right, it's going to rain about an hour. We need to put so-and-so in the car, you know, things like that. Like that's just going to be another whole, aspect of yeah. the race it's who's, who's going to be awesome. better at rain driving than, than yeah who's the rain man <laughs> who's the rain man <laughs> patrick patrick's the patrick. rain man yeah i'm patrick's the rain the man guy. he's the rain man you know <laughs> yeah. um we, he was here all along for that purpose yeah so <laughs> warming it up but <laughs> you know it, it just um when they finally get that, it's just going to be another piece of the puzzle just to make it more real. So, you know, looking forward to that, but this year is kind of cool with, you know, we got what we got. Um, it's only two divisions this year. So, um, if I remember right last year, we had the three divisions on track, right? Yeah. yeah. I remember the GTs were pretty tough to pass in the infield with the LMP two. Yeah. They're pretty quick. It, yeah, it was right. Yeah. It made it, 
tough. So I'm not saying it's going to be easier this year because now we're only, you know, the two classes. Man, you're going to have a lot of GTs out there. Um, so traffic is going to be interesting again. Yeah, always is at Daytona. Can't wait for it. We're about a week away from it. The iRacing virtual 24 hours of Daytona. Um, all of us here on the show right now will be in prototypes and uh, hope to be out in the same split as everybody out there and uh, hope everybody out there is going to race this race. Uh, to give you a look ahead, next weekend on End of the Apex, we'll take a look at uh, the real Daytona 24 and uh, start to prep for our trip down to Daytona Beach ourselves. Uh, we hope to have Rob back with us, and Bradley will be back in studio. And then, uh, Patrick, you'll be uh, boarding a flight to North Carolina. Man. Are you ready for that? Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck we'll get no. into that a little more next week when we talk to Real Daytona 24. <laughs> but I hope everybody's ready. I hope everybody's practiced enough. I hope it's not too much of an impulsive dive into Daytona. I think most people that are uh, from iRacing with us uh, have some kind of investment in it. Uh, we hope everybody has a great Daytona 24. We'll chat a little bit just before uh, next weekend, but this week is our virtual focus. Uh, Mr. For Mr. Daytona, Bruce Perry, joining us from New York. Patrick Stein from Chicago. And uh, Rob Gregoire, who is in the middle of a snowstorm. And Bradley Beeman, who is uh, still not dead, but he's not here enough. This has been episode 69 of Into the Apex. Uh, we'll catch you next week for episode 70, prepping you for the real Daytona 24 Hours of Daytona as we get ready for the virtual. It's Daytona Month, everybody. This has been Into the Apex. You've been listening to Into the Apex. Apex. Presented by Mad Sim Racing. Follow and join the team at madsimracing.com. 